Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Deadline Philippines begins right now. Hey, thanks for joining us. For those of you watching us on YouTube and on Facebook, appreciate you guys joining us today as well. We begin in the U.S., where dozens of arrests have been made over the storming of the Capitol by supporters of outgoing U.S. President Donald Trump. Well, Trump, who finally conceded to President-elect Joe Biden, now in danger of being removed from office just weeks before he steps down. Our North America Bureau Chief, T.J. Manotok, now joins us from San Francisco with details. T.J., good afternoon from Manila. Good afternoon, Casey, and good evening from San Francisco. Well, a day after the horrific mob attack in the U.S. Capitol building and after Congress finally certified the wins of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, it was time to not just clean up the mess, but to make people accountable. And for Speaker Nancy Pelosi and incoming Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, it was no less than making President Donald Trump pay the ultimate price. They literally called on Vice President Mike Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Trump from office immediately. They said if Pence says he will not do it or he won't give a response soon, they may just move for another impeachment. Pelosi also calling on for an investigation on the major lapses in Capitol Police's efforts to defend the Capitol from that riotous mob. Capitol Police Chief and House Sergeant at Arms both resigning today. Local police have made more than 80 arrests the FBI is now hunting down more than 30 suspects with photos matching their social media accounts as known right-wing and white supremacist extreme Trump loyalists who are out there to sow chaos. The perimeter of the Capitol now surrounded by a non-scalable seven-foot wall to augment security. President-elect Joe Biden spoke out again today, this time not mincing his words for President Trump. He said, yesterday was one of the darkest days in the history of the U.S., an unprecedented assault on democracy, an assault on the rule of law. He added, what we witnessed yesterday was not dissent, disorder, don't dare call them protesters. They were a riotous mob, domestic terrorists. And he hit on Trump's contempt for democracy and the rule of law. Social media giant Facebook now stepping up their defense on democracy and the rule of law, indefinitely suspending Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts at least until January 20 when Biden assumes office. Two cabinet members have now resigned. Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao and Education Secretary Betsy DeVos both say they have reached inflection points and blame Trump's rhetoric for inciting the violence. Trump, meanwhile, finally gave something of a concession speech, admitting Congress certification is final and will usher in a new administration. He calls for healing and reconciliation, but he did not claim that he was cheated but rather, he says his advocacy is for electoral reform. Let's listen into a bit of what Trump had to say today. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters, and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections. To the citizens of our country, serving as your president has been the honor of my lifetime. And to all of my wonderful supporters, I know you are disappointed, but I also want you to know that our incredible journey is only just beginning. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. 
Casey, what uh, will remain to be seen now is exactly how those loyal Trump supporters, those who believe this every word about the alleged electoral fraud that drove them to the point of exalting violence on the Capitol, will they believe his words now? Will they listen to him? Will they also reach out at hand for peace and reconciliation and give Biden the chance to rule, not just for Democrats, but for the rest of America, starting in January 20? Well, TJ, um, as you correctly pointed out, 13 days to go before President-elect Joe Biden assumes office. And people are talking about President Trump's removal from office, even with just those 13 days left. But that's not the only thing they're talking about, TJ. Talk to us about Trump's exposure and possible prosecution uh, for his role in the riots that happened yesterday, TJ. That's right. That's right, Casey. That's something actually that's a little bit under the radar right now. Most of the headlines are being hogged, of course, by the 25th Amendment calls for his immediate expulsion from office with the cabinet and Vice President Pence doing what they can and potentially another impeachment trial if they can fast track that in 13 days. But whether now or after he is out of office, there could be charges against him. Now, we've already heard from um, the top federal, federal prosecutor in Washington, D.C., he said that he is not ruling out anybody, not even Donald Trump, in connection to inciting that riot and uh, getting those supporters to invade the U.S. Capitol. Um, even the New York Times uh, gave an interesting report saying that uh, White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, if you remember, and he was part of the impeachment uh, trial defending President Trump. So he's been one of those loyal, close uh, attorneys for Trump behind the scenes, unlike Giuliani, who was all over the place. He warned Trump that he could face legal exposure for the riots, given his remarks at the rally, where he urged his fans to march to the Capitol, be there, be strong, be wild. So those words matter. So it's interesting to see how, if and when, they may file those charges and, and how those investigations will go. Um, attorney, US, Acting U.S. Attorney Michael Sherwin has said already, they have already filed 55 criminal cases in the past 36 hours alone. 15 of those are federal cases. So they're acting swiftly right now, and they're not, uh, you know, wasting any moment, but it remains to be seen if the president himself will be part of those who will be investigated. All right, thanks a lot. Our North America Bureau Chief there, TJ Manotok, joining us from San Francisco. Thanks, TJ. Keep safe. And back here at home, as some Philippine lawmakers revive the push to amend the Constitution, critics warn this could lead to a term extension for President Rodrigo Duterte, but as Sherry Antores tells us, Malacanang is denying any hand in the renewed talks for charter change. It will be a little over a year before the 2022 national elections and lawmakers are again shifting their focus to amend the Constitution. On Thursday, the chairperson of the House Committee on Constitutional Amendments announced they are tackling the proposed bill of House Speaker Lord Alan Velasco that seeks to relax economic provisions of the 1987 Constitution, particularly the provision that requires corporations in the country must be 60% Filipino-owned. Gusto niya yun i-relax, so Congress has the flexibility uh, whether to legislate a more um, open uh, to foreign capitals or foreign direct investment uh, pagdating ng oras na kailangan ng this early Velasco's bill is facing strong opposition in the chamber. Day one pa lang ay talagang nilulutang na yung mga schema uh, para ma-extend ang hold sa power no, ng present administration. 
andyan yung uh, RevGov, andyan yung Charter Change. Alam naman po natin, ginagawa lamang dahilan uh, itong pagbabago raw sa economic provisions pero ang nasa likod din nito ay talagang pagtutulak ng mga political na pagbabago. Malacanang is distancing itself from efforts to change the 1987 Constitution. Chismis lang po yan. The President has made it clear wala po siyang kahit anong kagustuhan na manatili ng isang minuto man lang beyond his term of office on uh, June 30 of 2022. Somehow sources claim the interest to revisit charter change is linked to the president's alleged instruction to inject term extension and no election provisions. Senate President Vicente Soto III, who was among those who met with the president about this matter last November, denies this. He suggests that you look into this problem of this Uh, party list system. Mm-hmm. They are, they are, the CPP and PA are using it. Ganun eh. And then of course, samantalahin nyo na, they, you can amend the economic provisions. Soto says many of the Senate's 20-man majority black are worried about the would-be voting process once they agree to charter change. On calls to abolish the party list system, Soto maintains they can make changes using the regular legislative mail. Pag inalis mo sa konstitusyon yung party list system, hindi eh, abolish na yun. Oh, that's possible. Also, eh, there is another possibility which I, said, I suggested. Ang problema lang, sabi niya, baka matagalan. Dahil ididribble. Itatanong sa Supreme Court. Ano yung dadalhin sa Supreme Court ang usapan? But for Senate Minority Leader Franklin Drilon, discussing cha-cha during a pandemic is a mortal sin and a waste of time. Senator Francis Pangilinan, as chair of the Senate Constitutional Amendments Panel, is requesting Soto to call for a caucus so they could discuss the matter as a chamber. Vice President Lenny Robredo also questions the timing in the wake of a health crisis. Dr. Jean Franco of the University of the Philippines Department of Political Science also cautions lawmakers discussing charter change during a pandemic will severely affect their image to the public. I reject and I, uh, I totally oppose, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, uh, efforts to um, change the constitution at this time of the pandemic and uh, nearly two years before Uh, the national election. Instead of cha-cha, Franco suggests lawmaker can save time and money if they will just review the recommendations of the consultative committee that reviewed the 1987 Constitution. Sherian Torres, ABS-CBN News. The pandemic still raging in the U.S. despite the rollout of COVID-19 vaccines. A record of more than 4,000 deaths in a single day due to COVID-19 was recorded in America. The total number of infections in the U.S. now at 21.2 million. These grim, grim numbers are pushing the healthcare system to its brink. Worldwide, nearly 88 million people have been infected with COVID-19, more than 1.8 million of whom have died. Here at home, over 1,300 new coronavirus infections on Thursday was recorded, bringing the country's tally past 482,000. Of that number, more than 23,000 are active cases. Many of the new cases are from the provinces of Rizal and Laguna and the cities of Marikina, Quezon and Davao. 
The health department also recorded nine more fatalities and 360 additional recovered patients. The latest figures do not include data from three laboratories that failed to submit results on time. The COVID-19 vaccine by Chinese pharmaceutical firm Sinopharm reportedly has 73 side effects. Taiwan News reported Wednesday the vaccine's instruction manual listed possible adverse reactions such as high blood pressure, loss of vision, and loss of taste. The paper quoted a Shanghai-based vaccine expert who says he works for the city's Center for Disease Control and Prevention. His post about the vaccine's side effects has been deleted by authorities on Chinese micro-blogging site Weibo. Sinopharm's COVID-19 vaccine, said to be 79% effective, has reportedly been used to inoculate members of the Philippine president, uh, or Philippine president Duterte's security detail. Philippine Food and Drug Administration head Eric Domingo says all safety concerns will be investigated if Sinopharm applies for emergency use authorization. A new survey shows most Filipinos do not want to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Still, government is in talks with several vaccine developers, and the health department can apply for emergency use authorization on their behalf. More from Christine Sabilio. Almost half of Filipinos are unwilling to be vaccinated against COVID-19, according to a nationwide survey of Pulse Asia done on November 23 to December 2. More than half of respondents from Visayas did not want to be vaccinated, while Mindanao had the most number of those willing to get the vaccine. A large number of respondents said they don't want to be vaccinated because of safety concerns. A few are also concerned about the price of vaccines, while 5% said they do not believe that a vaccine is needed to combat COVID-19. Despite the vaccine hesitancy of Filipinos, the government continues to negotiate with developers. The Food and Drug Administration aims to decide on the emergency use authorization for Pfizer next week and before the end of the month for AstraZeneca. And with only two companies applying for emergency use authorization, the FDA said the health department can actually file applications in behalf of vaccine developers negotiating with the government. So, pwede siya mag-apply basta ba kuhan nila lahat ng dokumentong kailangan at by submit nila at makumpleto na. Ang Department of Health kasi meron niyang license to operate no as a drug ano distributor. The FDA said it's a good move to arrange for a supply deal even without an EUA. Kaya talagang sila, Sec. Charlie, alam ko napakarami nilang kinakausap. Ano? Nag-iisip sila ng mga four or five. Kasi baka wala namang makakasupply sa atin ng pang 100 million for the first year. And because there are not enough vaccines, it is better for the supplies to go through the national government first instead of the local government units. Because if we do the marketing authorization of free for all, Siyempre, baka yung highest bidder sa kanya mapunta o may yung mayaman na syudad, mabakunahan niya lahat. Pero yung six-class municipality, wala nang, wala nang umabot. Domingo said the first batch of vaccines is still expected in March or later. Christine Sabilio, ABS-CBN News. The Manila Police District will or says it will deploy about 6,000 police personnel within the vicinity of Quiapo Church to ensure public safety during the annual Feast of the Black Nazarene. The 
Minor Basilica of the Black Nazarene will hold 15 novena masses this Saturday instead of the traditional traslation procession. Authorities say they will allow only 400 devotees inside the church to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Those without face shields and face masks, as well as minors and senior citizens, will not be allowed to enter. The Black Nazarene event is one of the most attended annual religious activities in the country, with millions participating in the procession. Philippine Airlines stops flying foreigners from six more countries recently added to the government's pandemic travel ban list, Portugal, India. Finland, Norway, Jordan and Brazil were included in that list earlier this week after they recorded infections of the new COVID-19 variant. Beginning today up to January 15, the flag carrier says it will not accept foreign passengers originating from or who have traveled to any of those countries within 14 days before their planned arrival in the Philippines. Filipino citizens will meanwhile be allowed to fly but are required to undergo RT-PCR testing as well as a 14-day quarantine at a stringent quarantine facility even if the passenger gets a negative swab test result. Pal adds travelers whose flights were affected by the travel ban can have their tickets rebooked, refunded or converted to a travel voucher. Senator Nancy Binay urges the Philippines' COVID-19 task force to deploy marshals to tourist spots that have reopened amid the pandemic. Binay, who chairs the Senate Tourism Committee, says this will help ensure that local tourists are following health protocols. Binay also wants marshals to monitor hotels and their compliance with staycation rules. That's after the death of flight attendant Christine Dacera in a Mekati hotel raised questions on how she and several of her friends were allowed to stay in one room. The senator adds commercial establishments like restaurants and malls should also be checked. Right from there, there are other suspects in the Christine Dacera case who have yet to be named. That's according to Dacera's friends who are tagged as suspects. Clark Rapinan, John Pascual de la Serna, Romel Galido and Valentine Rosales. They were all with her during her final hours. And they say they do not know the people who were in the other room, which their group visited during their New Year's party, except for a mutual friend, a certain Edward Madrid. They also have no idea whether those in the other room took and gave Desera drugs that night. There were several men at 207 whose identity my clients cannot, uh, doesn't, uh, do, do not know. No? So, uh, it would be very, very crucial to the investigation that these other uh, men also be, be questioned. The four suspects believe Desera was not raped, noting all of her companions that day were gay. Their lawyer now wants Senator Manny Pacquiao and party list representative Eric Yap to recall the bounty they offered for the arrest of the suspects. Sobrang hirap po, sobrang nakakatakot. And also, sobrang hirap makita yung parents mo na nahihirapan. Mm -mm. Kasi kahapon, nung umalis kami ng bahay, merong, merong sumunod sa amin, may nagbe-video ng kotse, ng sinakay namin kotse, sumusunod, tapos yung mother ko, alalang-alala. Sobrang, ang hirap makita silang ganun na nahihirapan, na parang nakakatakot. Yap, however, sees no need to recall the bounty, saying the suspects have already presented themselves. 
The Philippine Trade Department says over three, make that 500,000 new businesses were registered since the onset of the pandemic in the country. Based on the agency's data from March last year to January 2021, more than 87,000 of new businesses were retail enterprises via online selling, while 68,200 were Sari Sari stores. Nearly 36,000 were mobile food delivery services, while retail sellers of apparel and food products numbered around 19,000 each. DTI-NCR Regional Director Marcelina Alcantara says this shows Filipino resilience after the pandemic led to hundreds of thousands of job losses. Tesla's Elon Musk is now the richest person in the world with a net worth of more than $185 billion. Thursday's increase in Tesla shares pushed Musk past Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos, who had been the world's richest person since 2017. He is currently worth about $184 billion, according to Bloomberg's Billionaire Index. The milestone caps an extraordinary 12 months for Musk. Over the past year, his net worth soared by more than $150 billion and possibly the fastest bout of wealth creation in his Fueling his rise was an unprecedented rally in Tesla's share price, which surged 743% last year on the back of consistent profits, its inclusion in the S&P 500 index, and enthusiasm from Wall Street and retail investors alike. That'll do it for today. Thank you for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Play back this newscast too on ANC's YouTube channel and on ANC 24-7 on Facebook. Keep safe, everyone. Keep it here on ANC.